Welcome to episode 245 of the Outback Mind podcast. Uh, today, geez, I've been wanting to talk to this bloke for a while. We've sort of, uh, we've had a few false starts, but today we're making it happen. So, um, gentleman by the name of Matt Grills is with me today. Matt is a heavily tattooed ultramarathon runner. Probably pretty rare, you'd think. Uh, you don't see many heavily tattooed ultramarathon runners that do big kilometres, like 100k events and that type of thing. Matt's... Um, I guess, you know, what we can learn from Matt is just the ability that we've got as humans and our potential as humans and what's, you know, possible if we get out of our road sometimes. Matt um, is born and bred in a little place called Bundaberg or a, a large place called Bundaberg in uh, in Queensland, central Queensland, uh, close to where I live now. And um, Matt uh, basically was a police officer back in the day, um, uh, but also, uh, like myself, uh, experienced a brain tumour, and uh, that basically changed his life. And um, since then, he's, <coughs> pardon me, embarked on a journey of <coughs> self-discovery and trying to get the best out of himself and trying to be the healthiest version of himself that, uh, that he can be. So he is very, uh, very disciplined, very... Uh, you know, I suppose strict with his diet and his routine and that type of thing and um, uh, doesn't mind the odd tattoo, uh, tattoo as well. He's certainly got me covered with that one, but um, I'm a few years older than Matt, so uh, we're going to have a really good chat today. And, and you know, as, as as you know, the listeners to this, that I, I do love running, but uh, I've backed off quite a bit. I do, uh, I do miss... Um, uh, the thrill of it all and the long distance stuff, but um, yeah, I think those days are gone. But anyway, we'll see what uh, what happens after this podcast with Matt. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy the chat. Um, if you'd like to send me some feedback, as always, just support uh, at outbackmind.org.au. If you'd like to maybe look at uh, getting the documentary screened in your area, in your workplace or club, Healing Men's Minds, which we released recently, it's a very powerful film about uh, men's well-being. Uh, it's only a half an hour documentary, quite short. So we, we do that and we have a conversation around men's health around that. If you'd like to reach out and maybe uh, get us in, uh, please uh, email me as well and we'll see if we can make it happen. Alrighty, sit back and, uh, and enjoy this chat. I'm sure you're going to love it and uh, look forward to your feedback. G'day, Matt. How you going, mate? Good. Really appreciate you uh, you uh, making time to join me. And I did uh, hear a whisper that you're up at two o'clock this morning. Went for a run uh, at two thirty. Is that right? That is true fact. How far did you go? <laughs> uh, I got forty five in. Forty five. So you were home just as the sun was starting to maybe pop its head up at five o'clock, roughly, or a bit up. Actually, no, you would have been a bit longer than that. Maybe six o'clock. Yeah, I'm not that quick, mate. You give me too much credit. I was, uh, I was home about, uh, I think it was about 10 to 7 or something like that. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Just in time to start the day. What was your recovery like? What did you do when you got home? What did you, what did you do to sort yourself out? Uh, I don't sort of have a too rigorous program as far as recovery goes. I'm trying to get better at um, just resting in general. But the um, uh, just basically through, through diet and... Um, taken pretty easy today i do a bit of core and prehab stuff um but yeah but i sort of i sort of find that i can get away with a lot more when i'm sort of running around 100k a week and mm-hmm. and not sleep and you know sleep's not quite so important when i'm running that sort of distance and i can burn the candle a bit more but then when i'm when i'm nudging sort of 200k a week all that stuff is uh is a lot more important so trying to stay on top of all that mate Amazing. I'll just give you. I'll just share something with you that I haven't shared with you before. But um, I was um, I was on the journey, and I was I was on a vegan diet, and um, I started to look at what some of the 
I suppose better athletes were doing around the world. They were eating a raw vegan diet, and I started on that. And I, I got onto um, oh God, by the name of Grant Campbell uh, overseas, and um, a few other guys that were doing really well. And and I started to get home and knock off twenty banana smoothies when I, when I'd come back from a long run like that. Uh, yeah, and like uh, that that transformed my life for a couple of years. Just that diet, but you know, then things started to fail, and um, I needed to get better at recovery. So, um, so yeah, mate, it'd be, be interesting to sort of hear what you did scoff down when you got home this morning. Yeah, funny you should mention um, Grant. I actually I've known him for a long time. I I actually met him at a race ten years ago that um, that I'm going back to do and I'm training for currently. So. That's kind of a bit of full circle, but mm. um, yeah. But um, I mean, to, an- to answer your question, uh, I apart from my race, new, like my sort of training nutrition when I got home, I just had a uh, smoothie, just pretty, pretty basic these days. Just um, banana berries. Um, I've been been using a bit of protein powder lately. I never was a big sort of fan of um, powders and stuff in general, but I've got a few supplied to me and. Um, giving them a bit of a go and, and coconut water. So pretty pretty straightforward and mm. get that down to the hatch and, uh, and and roll on. Yeah, it's good, mate. Yeah, it's, I think it evolves as you as you as you age too. Like, you know, what you're what you're you're needing sort of differs. I know in my late thirties and that I was uh, having six meals a day and I was eating oats before I went to bed, you know. Mm. To uh, to just keep the, the, the fuel up. But um Still. Yeah, I've I've, um, I've had a go at the um, not the full raw uh, setup, man. But I did, I did a, about three months um, doing raw till four, and I it's probably the best I've ever felt, uh, mm. to be perfectly honest. And something I'd love to sort of trend back towards, but it's it is a balancing act when you have a busy a busy existence and just trying to get enough fuel in um, when I'm training so much. Um, yeah, that's sort of a bit of a, a bit of a challenge, but it's it's certainly something that I'd love to gravitate back towards. That's that's for sure. Yeah, no, it definitely works well for me, but I sort of had to try and compromise with regards to the lifestyle and that type of thing. And um, yeah, it'll, it'll come back, I'm sure. But at the moment, I'm sort of going okay with what I'm doing. But uh, mate, I'm really keen to hear a bit about more more about your story and. One thing that I just discovered that you and I both had brain tumours and, um, uh, yes, I've been very fortunate to be still here, but I reckon it was probably a bit of a scare for you back in the day when that all happened. Yeah, look, I was uh, fortunate in that mine was um, mine was benign, uh, so I, that was a good thing. However, if it would have been let go too much longer, it probably would have eventually killed me Um I had a, a pituitary tumour or um, my particular one was uh, called acromegaly. So uh, it was in the, at the base of the brain and um, un, unbeknownst to me, it was putting pressure on my optic nerve and I'd lost peripheral vision on my right-hand side. Uh, and mine, they, they tend to present differently, but mine was um, a slow build and uh, my body was producing massive amounts of growth hormone, but pretty much uh, no testosterone. So my my thyroid function and everything was completely out of whack. So yeah, it was it was, it was a pretty scary time. It was uh, we just we probably should have never been able to, but we just found out that uh, we were pregnant with our first child, and um, you know it was sort of quite mixed emotions and and having surgery and stuff around that time. Um, yeah, but I uh, just 
it, that's been a bit of a journey in its own in its own right as well, mate. Yeah, but mm. got through it and still here, so it's still good. So tell us a bit about a young Matt, like obviously born in Bundy and um, and sort of uh, educated there. What did it all look for like like for you as a young fella? Yeah, mate, I um I was pretty much interested in two things, um, sport and girls, and <laughs> and uh, and that was pretty much kept me going to high school and um, wasn't overly interested in in school or things like that. And uh, yeah, apart from sport and and chasing uh, chasing tail, uh, <laughs> the um, the other big thing for me was music, and I um I got very big into sort of learning instruments uh, and um, particularly vocals. So um, I, this is another lengthy story, but basically met my wife uh, when I was um, quite young. We got married at 18 and 19 and, and headed straight to, to Brisbane for me to, literally for me to start a band. Um, didn't know anyone. All I knew was I wanted to start a hardcore band, and uh, and I tracked down some some crew and did that. So yeah, mate, it was uh, it was pretty simple existence growing up in Bundy, just going to school, doing my thing, skating and um, and playing sport and having a good time. And then I uh, went and explored the the big wide world with some travel and uh, a few different things along the way as well. Mm, amazing, mate. So, mm. so obviously not making a lot of money as a muso and all that type of thing. And um, was it was it pretty daunting for you as a young bug sort of having to sort of find your way through? Zero money. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> not, not really any money in the hardcore world. There is now, but uh, not generally. But um, yeah, it was mate. It was a big stepping stone. You know, I. I basically um, straight after school, I went overseas. I was uh, I was an exchange student uh, in Finland, which was pretty cool. Great opportunity that you know, my parents were able to to bless me with, and um, come back and toured around Australia in a like a touring band that played in high schools and stuff, and did some outreach stuff, and um, and through that process, yeah, met met my wife. So. Yeah, mate, it was it was a daunting task. We moved um, to Brisbane with literally all our belongings in our combi, um, and uh, I didn't really know how to how to be a husband or really even a sort of long term decent partner, uh, and certainly not living with someone I'd never lived with um, with a partner or anyone before. And there was a lot of le- a very steep learning curve uh, through that process, and and we found our way, which was great. Uh, you know, a, a, a story I like to tell is I I was sitting on the couch one day and my, my wife was running around doing a whole heap of things and I don't know why, I just had this thought. I was like, this is going to work. I need to actually start doing something, contributing and and do something. And I was like, I don't know how to cook. I barely knew how to cook two-minute noodles and I was like, oh, maybe I can learn how to cook. And, uh, and, I, and I just started doing that and... And till now, I still cook all, all our meals and stuff. So, just a little example, you know, like it's it's a big wide world, and you know, we were earning pretty much no money, but uh, they couldn't have been happy. I was out, you know, with you know, newly married, and uh, happiness certainly doesn't come from a paycheck. And we just made it work and budgeted really tightly, and 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 found our way through. Mm, amazing, mate. I, I'm I'm intrigued how you end up in the police force. 
that's that's a bit of a it, it's we laugh about it now. It's a bit, it's kind of a bit of a blip in the in the system. I um so originally uh through the through being in a band and I was just working um you know just sort of kick around jobs uh, just so I could basically work and go on tour and uh, not have any big commitment as far as work went. Um, and then after a bit of time, we'd sort of thought, oh, we'll be good to have a family at some point and I probably need to get a quote-unquote grown-up job. <laughs> um, and I I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, and originally, I, I applied for the fire brigade. Um, anyone that's that's done that knows it's a, it's a very... Uh, it's a very difficult process and very hard to get in. Mm. Uh, and I'd, I'd passed everything and I just, I basically waited for a year and a half, ringing them every month um, in the hopes that I'd get an interview. Uh, and I just, I waited and waited and eventually I got sick of waiting and and just thought, well, what's another option in the same sort of field uh, and um, with some security and a, and a career type job? Uh, so I decided to apply for the police and, and got in and funnily enough, I got a phone call from the fire, fire six months into the police academy and, uh, they offered me an interview and I said no, which, uh, <laughs> which is a bit of a, one of those sliding door moments in life where I was like, I wonder what would have happened if I would have said yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but as it was, I, I continued through and, and joined the job and it was, it was good in a lot of ways. It, it brought us back to, to Bundy. We, as I said, we wanted to start a family and my parents, um, are still here. So we moved back here and, uh, and through the process of starting the police is, is when we started our family as well. Mm, amazing, mate. So yeah, it wasn't only, it wasn't a long career, but that's when you sort of found out you had the tumour, is that right? Yeah, that was right at the start of uh, in the first year that I was in the job. Um, they were they were really supportive of uh, helping me with you know with through surgery and um, and just you know navigating that process. Uh, but I was in for nearly five years, and there were there were a lot of good times, man. I, I enjoyed. We're, in particular, me and two other blokes, we worked in the police beat in the main street of Bundy and. It was uh, it was a really good time. They they were really good fellas, and we had a really great team. and And I feel like we we made a real difference in a lot of different areas. It, it was a lot of, a lot more community policing and working with high schools and kids and um, the shopping centres and things. and And that was a really rewarding part of the job. But but then I think over time the not so rewarding parts um, built up and um, sent me a bit of a direction I didn't want to head for the rest of my life. So had to try and figure out a way to to get out of that that spiral and um and and find a way forward from there. Mm. Amazing, mate. <clears throat> it's certainly, um, you know, good on you for 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 being so open and curious about what's possible. But you know, I I, I don't know when the running sort of started for you, but it looks like you've um you've taken uh, that pretty seriously ever ever since you did. Yeah, mate. Just um just before I sort of get into that side of life because that's definitely been a big part of my life um over the last 15 years but with that uh i know with the work that you do like with that situation i was in in the police i i was there for nearly as i said nearly well just under five years and probably for the last year and a half i really i really didn't want to like it was fine but i i didn't really want to do it long term and i i 
really struggled to to find a way out. And I mm. I feel like as as men in particular, um, we well not all of us, but I certainly felt a responsibility to be providing and um, have a foundation for my family uh, financially and career wise and and security and. I, I didn't have anything else to fall back on. I, I didn't have any other qualifications or um, the only thing I really had was uh, I, I worked with my dad. He's a concreter and I could have taken over that business, but it, it certainly wasn't something I wanted to do long term. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I, I felt a real uh, burden of responsibility as, as a man and as a, as a new dad. And um, if, if it wasn't for the support of my wife uh, and her nudging me to – you know, make some big life decisions to, to get out uh, and to take a risk, um, then I probably w- wouldn't have done that. So that's um, probably a, a situation that a lot of blokes find themselves in. I know one of my best mates was in that situation for a long time. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it, I, I empathise with anyone that, you know, is going through that. But we can't, we can't live our lives miserable and... Um, you know, I'd much prefer to, to be living poor and happy than, you know, than in a job I, I don't enjoy and uh, and financially secure but miserable, you know. Oh, mate, yeah, 100%. And there's so many guys that do and I was one of them. And um, I certainly get it, mate. You feel like you're trapped. And it's such a terrible feeling to um, know that you're, you're, you're the one that's you know, everyone's relying on and uh, at the same time you're, you're doing stuff you don't love to do and, uh, mm. It's not what's meant to be for us as as humans and as men. Well, I think we we just miss that direction and that, those pivotal moments in our in our youth or our, our early adulthood where we can be lined up to be more connected to our purpose and our and our what our hearts saying, you know. And if we can mm. live live from that space, then all of a sudden life becomes joyful. But if you're doing something just to provide, you know, a, a false um, a false sense of reality, which money basically is. Uh, then you know you, you're not aligned with your truth, and um, you're working outside yourself. And um, uh, yeah, I certainly get that. And so many guys find themselves in that trap. And uh, you know, I, I was one of them. Absolutely, I guess you know um, it's it's much harder now because running a charity is not easy. And um, you know, we don't have any money. I don't get a wage or anything from it. You know, um, I do work that I that I do just to keep, to get some dollars coming through. But other than that, you know, I really would like to be able to work in my passion full time. And I think, you know, that's that's available to everyone if we actually like, you know, have the the, the drive to do it, you know. If we want to be serious about it, um, then we can make it happen. And I know that will, that will definitely um, occur, but it's just a matter of, um, of timing. And, you know, I think, yeah. I, I think, you know, that we, we'll go a bit deep, but the universe has got a plan for us at the end of the day. If we get out of our own road sometimes, then mm. usually things just start to fall into place. Yeah, couldn't agree more, mate. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting, but, um, you know, I, um, uh, I, I actually like, you know, uh, talking a bit about myself here, but a lot of my awakenings um, really come through running, through long-distance running. So a lot of the things that I had trapped inside me actually broke free on long runs. A lot of the, the self-criticism and the self-doubt and the, the heaviness that, uh, that came in from others, um, you know, which was part of, part of me was, was let go of on long runs, you know. And 
Uh, I, I had a, a significant trauma when I was 14 and I carried that with me a long time and it wasn't anything physical, it was just a verbal comment that stayed with me and I let that go in the long run. And, you know, there was things like light bulbs for me that, that came in like just at one stage where I thought I was totally stuffed, um, you know, it was only my mind. I checked my body, my body was fine. Uh, it was yeah. just my mind was getting in the road and that sort of taught me lessons about, you know, how I was getting in my own road consistently. And, um, you know, once you can learn to to realise that you're not your thoughts, I think, um, you know, it's amazing what we can do in our potential as humans. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. And, I mean, that could be more related to, to running, as you said, and, and what we go, go through, particularly in ultramarathons, you know, it's like it's – there's a saying in ultra running. It's like it's seven. It's ninety percent. Uh, in, what is it? It's ninety percent uh, in your head and ten yeah. percent what's between your ears. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And it, you know, like it's that's applicable across so many facets of life. That you know, we if we if we aren't strong mentally, then um, you know, there's just gonna be barrier after barrier, and and that ability to move forward is near non-existent. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, it's amazing. So you see a bit about mind journey. Like I actually like got curious then about the mind. So, you know, the why the mind was the way it was and that type of thing and why the why why the thinking was coming in the way it was coming in and and I actually went into Buddhism and um yeah, Buddhism challenged me to a completely different level because I was made be still. And, you know, mm. I'm one of those, was one of those kids that would never sit still. Or, you know, I was always moving or wanting to move and, uh, you know, stillness was difficult. But eventually over time, it's just like running, you know, you, you develop this um, uh, self-discipline uh, and then eventually, you know, it's just like the time goes longer and longer and you get, actually get better at it. And then you realise that, um, you know, the mind is basically just a, um, you know, a roller coaster which just needs to go into a train line, basically, because once you get into that, that you know, that sweet, calm sense of purpose and self again, then all of a sudden, you know, a lot of the, the, the busyness gets out of the road. But it's amazing, um, you know, uh, once you get into that sort of flow state and that rhythm, just how everything sort of changes. And I, I, I'd imagine you would have experienced that, you know, through running, you know, uh, time and time again. Yeah, for sure, mate. You're just circling back to your your previous question before we got into sort of this with the the running journey. That was all a bit of a an interesting process as well. I was I was big into the gym and uh, for a number of years, and then I uh, grew a little tired of that and, and was looking for something different. My dad was actually a was running marathons and half marathons and. He uh, and and we didn't have a great relationship when I was growing up, but that started to sort of mend when I went overseas, and over over time it sort of improved. But then when uh when I decided to to run a marathon and asked him to sort of do me a program and and help me along, that was sort of the real catalyst to to our relationship improving, and uh, that was the start of of that running journey, and um. It's been 15 years strong now. We've done some some pretty cool adventures and stuff over the time. But, uh, yeah, mate, all that stuff like spirituality, life in general, um, you know, business, whatever it is, I mean, I, I feel like there's so many lessons learnt through through running and mm. you mentioned discipline before. 
uh, consistency, like all these things that I that I sort of <laughs> preach to anyone who will listen, uh, they're so applicable across all areas of life. You you don't have to be a runner, but running certainly uh, highlights and, and accentuates those those ideas and those things and how important they are. Uh, because if we don't do them, then there's no quote unquote success, whatever you define success as. Yeah, that, that's true. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, 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 mate, I agree. You know that that's where I learned the the, the real um, the real essence of um, of, uh, of of discipline by by basically just going that extra kilometre or that extra hill or whatever that actually was. You know, and mm. your mind plays the game before you actually get there. But if you can stop and just you know look at your feet one step at a time, pick a spot, run to that spot, go to the next spot, that sort of thing. That's where I really learned, you know, to to settle the mind down and. Um, you know, because the body was so active, the stillness was difficult because when the body's in tension, it's very hard to, to relax. And when you're panning the pavement for so long, you, your hamstrings get tight and, you know, the lower back gets tight and all that. But, but yeah, uh, on the flip side for me, the biggest thing that I learned, which was tremendous for self-discipline and the running was yin yoga because yin yoga is just working with the body and relaxing the body and through that the mind can settle and um um you know i i just found it really really difficult but i know i know when when the difficult things pop in that's what you really need to do you know well that's where the biggest growth occurs was when when things get hard i mean i don't know about you but i don't think we learn too much in comfort and uh and things being easy i think we learn our biggest lessons when when the chips are down and things get hard and you got to persevere and and find a way through. That that's where the the biggest lessons in life are learnt. Yeah, isn't it amazing how how life guides you towards comfort and how like I don't watch TV, but you know, growing up, it was all driven towards comfort, and um, you know, there was no no talk about the the extra effort and what was needed there and all that thing to be able to reach your your, your full potential and. I don't really want to see many people going through this life wondering, you know. I think if you can do things to uh, to test yourself consistently, um, you know, you can be on this growth journey your whole life. And um, I just think the comfort thing is leading to disease, physical and mental disease. It's um, making people dependent rather than independent. You know, we're pushing people down a pathway of... Um, of ending up in care, but I, I don't think you need that. If you can look after yourself physically and mentally, you can thrive all through your life. Would you agree? Mate, I, yeah, 100%. I, um, funnily enough, I, I read a quote this morning from one of my mates on, on Strava, and uh, the quote was, uh, the magic you're looking for is in the work you're avoiding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just, I, I read that and I was like, mate, I, I mean, this is, okay. It, it's it's interesting, man. I like for my whole life. I I'm I'm certainly an optimist, but over the last number of years, and I think it all got really heightened through COVID. Was I just I I struggle really a lot now with um with I, as I said, I'm still not, still an optimist, but I, I struggle to find a lot of positivity in in things that I see going on in the world at the moment. And 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 one of those big things is exactly what you just spoke about, like. You know, no. I, I generalise. Nobody wants to do anything hard. You know, nobody, nobody wants to. Everybody wants the easy way. They want the, you know, the something to be handed to them. Um, nobody wants to work for anything. For you know, I, 
I was chatting to one of my mates the other day and I said, the, what, I, what I see as the problem is, is nobody will commit to anything. You know, people, people will commit to something for, you know, for a, for a month, a week, you know, um, you know, six months, but n- nobody wants to commit to anything long term, whether it be a relationship, a, a, you know, a diet or a lifestyle or um, a business or a relationship or whatever that might be that people's commitment levels and, um, and dedicating to a craft or a way of life is is near non-existent now and it and i think that's a massive problem like i i can only speak from my from my uh from my viewpoint like i've got a few foundational things in my life that i've that i've stuck at for a really long time and and i believe that my life is is fuller and better because of it i mean I've been I've been running for 15 years. Uh, as I said, I got married at 18 and 19. We've been married for 21 years this year. Mm. Uh, I've been I've been straight edge my whole life. I've never drunk or done drugs or cigarettes or anything like that. Um, I've been vegan for 10 years this year, and I mean I don't I don't say those things to 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 skide or say I'm better or worse than anybody else. I'm just trying to highlight the point that I feel that to to reap the reward of anything that that we need to commit and be consistent and and do it over a long period of time and um i just i just don't see that a lot these days no no that's true mate and you know it can be a trap too uh because yeah you 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 need to keep yourself contained and uh and in the space of um of self-worth but you know i i did find myself um like having a, a really high level of self-discipline a lot of people i was around are having low levels of self-discipline and mm. i found myself compromising quite a bit you know um uh you know even with with alcohol like i i sort of like changed my relationship with that you know holistically but then i'd go back and have a few beers just to socialize and that sort of thing but my body would kick me up the ass the next day, you know, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah so it's it's really not worth it, and and that's the thing that we're not we're not actually like we haven't got a relationship with is, is, is our bodies, you know. Mm. If you can understand, and and you would know that through through doing the work, you can understand what your body's saying to you. Your whole relationship with yourself changes, and um, uh, if you can start to you know get in in tune with that a little bit more, then. Um, then, then, then that helps, but it is very hard to, to not get sucked back into the vortex uh, as well. You know, I I was very close years ago to to actually like just packing up and moving so I could just live in that flow state consistently, just around people that were like me and um, uh, you know in in the same the same vibe. And um, it's hard when you live in a place like Bundy or you know in a in a in a small town or whatever because there's not many people like you around like that you know you might you might be one or two of you you can you can talk to about the sort of stuff deeply that understand you but um there's not that many that can and um yeah it's it's tricky that that's one thing that i definitely you know have struggled with over the journey because i i have a self-discipline practice every day uh, you know i do every morning for two hours and i've done that you know religiously for the last 15 years but that a, a large chunk of that was through the, the long runs. You know, I, I took the, the gym session into the running and then, you know, the, the running led to the meditation and now I sort of combine 
all three, you know, but but that never changes. My body's just used to it. My mind's used to getting up and doing that, and that's my foundation and my grounding. And um, you know, there's so many people that do that, you know, uh, and there's so many people that get up at two in the morning and go for forty five k runs like you. So it's uh, it's 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 very important to try and stay in your own lane, but just don't don't sort of slip away from it. Just to you know to to to, to fit in or whatever it is that you know you might be missing in your life. Yeah, I yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where this sort of thing comes from, but I feel like, um, you know, like from from a very early age, I remember, I just I just wanted to be like you know, a lot of people say it. I just wanted to be different, and the whole not drinking thing came from you know a lot of my friends at that time were starting to get into to drinking and drugs and different stuff, and I, I remained friends with them, but for some reason. Through my whole life, I whether it's stubbornness or an innate uh, element of my being, I don't know. But I, I've never, I've never had the, um, I've never been influenced by like peer pressures. Too, I feel like peer pressure is too light of a word, like like a societal norm to do X, Y, Z. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know why that is. It's um, I mean, it, it interests me why, why for me to say no as a you know as an eighteen year old or seventeen year old living in Finland where drinking is a national sport um, to just not drink. And whereas you know I've got mates who they're they're great people, but they you know they they're on their own health journey and they they're doing awesome things, but then they'll go on benders every now and then, and I'm mm. like. Yeah, I and that's no that's no judgment on them. I just find it interesting that you know I I I haven't done that. And I to you to your point, when you find when you find your people and and the ones that uh, assimilate to you and uh, and you can and you can find um, comfort in uh, similarity in life and decisions. Uh, you hold those people close, you know, like mm. one of those, one of those blokes is my mate, anyone who follows me on social media, like, uh, he now, he's now working for us, but you know, he's, he's my best mate and we, and we run together. Um, you know, we, we share a lot of the same ideas and values. And then, you know, I've got a couple of mates that I hold really close that, uh, that share a lot of those values and, um, and, you know, so not all. And, and that just comes down to, we're different people and we appreciate each other's differences. But when, as you said, when you have those foundational things in common, um, you certainly hold those people close and, and, and enjoy doing life with them together. That's for sure. Yeah. Well said, mate. Some of the traps we fall in, are, you know, comparison and criticism and self-criticism and all that too. And, and yeah, if you've got guys that you can confide in uh, about anything and everything, that's huge. You know, I'm certainly guilty of those things too, mate. Don't don't yeah. hear me wrong. Like I, you know, I'm I certainly am. Yeah. <laughs> constant, constant, you know, constantly on the comparison and the um and the not good enough and the mm. and all those things. You know, we're we're all we all fall into those cycles as well. But as you said, you got if you got those people around you to pick you up and, and keep you moving forward, um, that's vital. Yeah, that's true, and and I'm I'm a champion at um at self criticism as well. You know, like I still do it now. After everything I've done, 
I find it very hard to um, to give myself some praise, you know. Um, yeah. And I, I guess that's a strength in some ways, but it's also a weakness in some ways. It keeps you driven and keeps you motivated to, to keep, you know, keep going. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I just, yeah, I, I, I have that happen every day, you know. I think it's part of my makeup and, um, you know, it's, it's a positive but also a negative in some ways. And, yeah, you just got to, you know, just try and, and, and get back to what, what the soul's saying to you and what your soul's journey is in this, in this lifetime. And, you know, I think you've got yours pretty well right. If you're, you're doing what you're doing and you're in a business that you love, you know, operating in and communicating with people that, um, you know, enjoy your company and that type of thing. And I just don't know whether where, where the tattoos started, mate. I haven't asked you that question. But you, you, you've, got, you, you've got a few, haven't you? Yeah, look, <laughs> um, I interestingly, I never really liked tattoos because my dad had a few, and as I said, we had a um, not a great relationship when I was growing up. But then <laughs> uh, I was more into piercings. I've had uh, I don't know now, maybe sixty to seventy piercings mm. uh, over the years, and uh, and then when I when I was in Finland, I got my first tattoo, and uh, and that was a bit of a a bit of a uh, nudge on the journey and I've been getting tattooed since I had a I had a period there where I where I didn't get any for maybe about five years I I sort of thought I was over it and I was just happy with um with where I was at I already had a few and uh and then uh, in the last sort of five or six years I've been going pretty hard at it and I'm I'm probably I'm probably three or four sessions off having my full suit done. So I'm, that's I've been I've, yeah I've been pushing hard to to get it done. To to be completely honest, I'm I'm pretty over it. Uh, <laughs> I'm over the I'm over the pain. I'm over the recovery. It interferes with my training. You know, I have to take time away from training to let let them heal. Mm. Um, and you know, and it's not a cheap thing to do. So. I, I'm looking forward to getting my suit finished and then maybe getting like a five cent piece size tattoo maybe every six or nine months and, and that's that. <laughs> Unreal. So, so everything will be done except for like the, the face. Yeah, mate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, everything. I mean, I might down down the track, I might get my, uh, my head tattooed, but um, like everything apart from uh, the front bits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the bum, the whole lot, and everything, uh, all the gaps, armpits, um, palms, whole lot. So, um, yeah. So it's been a, it, even even that made it some. You know, I don't like. I sort of tend to get all these things that I like do for a long time, and I, and and they move. I feel like particularly my running and even getting tattooed. Like I feel like a lot of these things in my life they move from a hobby or something that you do to I get quite philosophical about a lot of these things and you know even with getting tattooed like that's been a, a journey and it's and it's for better or worse I mean it's become a part of my identity and mm. uh and and who I am and I and I enjoy breaking down uh I think the stereotype thing has gotten less over the years but you know people people tend to see a heavily tattooed person and they'll make certain assumptions about that person. Um, and I, you know, and I, I like to break down those assumptions and uh, particularly at the shop, you know, I, I don't know if we've mentioned, we, we own two coffee shops and, um, 
you know, meeting new people. Uh, and I think um, every now and then somebody will just, they'll, they'll think you're uh, one of the workers and whatever, and they find out that you own the place and you see people's, they're trying to sort of work it out and figure out what's <laughs> going on. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I enjoy that. It's, um, you know, it's, it's certainly uh, something I don't feel like uh, my kids or um, my wife or family or friends even even notice. Like I feel like they they see me and they don't they don't see me and be like, oh, Matt's got his tattoos, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, and and even myself within myself, you know, we look at ourselves in the mirror each day, and um, and I <laughs> I think you talk about that, you know, before we talk about that comparison thing, and I you know and um, our biggest we're our own biggest critics and you know i certainly have my issues with that through running but even with tattoo tattoos i look at myself i'm like oh, i don't even have to look at other people i'm like i don't even have that many tattoos and then every now and then every now and then i'll catch myself in the mirror i'll be like yeah you've you've got a lot of, <laughs> yeah you know? that's it so Jeez, so yeah it's um it's been a, it's been a journey it's um and it's um yeah it's cool i mean my kids are they don't they don't see them i know that and it's it's everyday uh everyday business to them then i'm just i'm their dad and you know my 13 year old is like any 13 year old it doesn't matter how cool you think or you you might or might not be a 13 year old girl is still going to think what (laughs) what they're going to think about (laughs) you regardless of what you think about yourself so that's it i mate i'll tell you what under the armpits would would hurt yeah that I think I built myself up to, for them to be so bad that it wasn't quite as bad as I expected. Like it was certainly painful, but I think I built myself up, you know, so much that I was like, "Oh, it's not like it's not too bad." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I found like the sternum was 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 not good, and uh, and under the arms, like the you know, under the bicep there, sort of in, inside yeah. the arm was was tricky. But that's yeah. uh, that's a conversation for another day. But um, yeah. mate, um, look, you know, certainly uh, I really admire you know you for being for being who you are and being different and actually like you know being on a journey of um, just doing what makes you feel good. You know, um, I think if we can do more of that and it's not illegal and it's not hurting anyone, then um, then that's that's a great way to live your life. Um, yeah. uh, you, you know, uh, I think that's that's really key. You know, just just try and stay in your lane and, and do what makes makes you um, thrive and survive and do the right thing. And you know, you'll get to the end of the life and you'll actually think, "Geez, I've I've done some amazing things." But um, you know, I guess you you're probably a bit like me, and, and some of the good things you've done, you don't reflect on. It's always what's next sort of thing. I, I have that going on a fair bit, and. Um, I never sort of sit still to actually acknowledge what what I have achieved. Does that happen to you? Oh, 100%. But I, yeah, 100%. I, I'm certainly a looking forward, not looking back person. Mm. Um, I'm always, you know, what what's happening? What are we working towards? You know, where I'm I'm quite driven with that sort of stuff. But I I do enjoy things like this, and every now and then I'll have somebody uh, new come into my world and they find out these little things about me along the way. And, um, you know, one of my friends the other day, new, newish friends who I've become quite good friends with, she was like, like, you're freaking, you've done a lot of stuff in your life. And, you know, every now and then you just stop and, and think about it. And I'm like, 
you know, I, I, I have, you know, I, I'm really, I, I'm really, I don't think it's wrong, to, like, I don't think it's bad to say, but I'm really proud of, you know, the, the stuff that I've done in my life and, and the direction that, that I've gone and all the cool different things um, that I've got to, to achieve and experience. And um, it is nice every now and then to, you know, if I'm, if I'm writing a, or if I'm, you know, collecting notes for a presentation at a school or, uh, you know, for a business meeting or whatever or doing a podcast. And it's, it is nice to every now and then just stop and be like, far out. I've like, I've covered some ground mm. um, oh, <laughs> and yeah. I'm only 40, you know, so plenty of living left yet. That's true. And, you know, a lot of things come to me there, but like, but like having to put your body through hell um, to, 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 to get there, like, geez. It's the same with me, like so many times it's just been pure, pure pain, you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, to be able to see that and push through it and, and, and not acknowledge it, I'd get back and I'd still call myself weak or whatever, you know. You could have done that better yeah. or whatever. You know? <laughs> but, but, yeah, never actually like really getting there and acknowledging what you've done. And, um, uh, yeah, mate, I, I think, you know, it's it's not a bad habit to have that, but also we've got to, we've got to give ourselves a pat on the back occasionally as well. And, and, you know, full credit to you, you need to be really proud of yourself for being where you are at 40, you know. And uh, I, I've personally never, like, reached my sort of peak um, until I was 44. Uh, yeah. And that, I reckon, between 40 and 45 was really prime. And then I sort of started to go into the slowing down for the next five years. But now I'm on the other side of 50. I'm noticing that I'm I'm getting the urge to do more, um, you yeah. know, activity rather than, uh, than not. So it was sort of... It was the hard stuff, then into the slow stuff, and now it's sort of back into the hard stuff again, you know, without sort of being too driven to compete or whatever. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I think if we can actually work with um, with what with what you know uh, we're we're being sort of guided towards, it can take us on a huge um, pathway for for growth. And I, I really like that. You know what you said before about the magic you're looking for is um, the work you're avoiding. Um, yeah. I think we get signs all the time, but we don't actually walk, walk through the door. Um, yeah. But if we can actually start to, to be curious about that, then, you know, it can take us uh, to another into another direction. And do it without ego too. I think, you know, one thing that yoga taught me really strongly was, was that ego. Like what's driving you? Is it ego or is it something else? And if you can sort of mm. listen to that, um, that can make a huge difference. And one of my one of my biggest things was trying to prove myself to others. And once I let go of that, then everything sort of seemed to get better. But um, yeah, I think if you're just on this on this uh, search for a trophy consistently, or you're on on a search for you know an accolade, uh, it's not a great way to live. You know, I think if you can. Um, uh, get into a space of acceptance, I think, is is, is, is better, but always have a, a bit of drive, but not sort of seek outside yourself for happiness and what other people might, you know, perceive you as being, just find that contentment in yourself, I think it's really important. Mm. I am um, on, just quickly on that, I, uh, in the start of the year, we went to uh, a business conference thing with, um, uh, with David Goggins in Brisbane. Yeah, and, right. Uh, and I was trying to, I was trying to uh, get an opportunity because they they were passing the microphone around, and I was trying to get an opportunity to ask him a question, um, and you know, sort of applicable to my life and also to his. And, and the question was going to be around, you know, like he he's in his mid forties, and you know, I'm I'm forty as I said, and 
uh, I feel like, you know, over the 15 years of running and stuff, like I've, I've, I've done some big things and, and certainly had re- really high aspirations and, and I still do. But, you know, how, how long and, and how, how much do you keep pushing that, you know, and how, mm. you know, we're, I think as humans and as, and as endurance athletes and, uh, you know, we're always, we're always searching for more and the, and the next biggest and best and, uh, and adventure. And, you know, there, there, there certainly has to come a point where, you know, you said yourself, you've gone through these ebbs and flows of pushing and then easing back and, and I'm not sure I've really had much of an easing back in 15 years. And um, as I said, there's certainly a lot of things I still wish to achieve in running. But um, you know, I, I just find it. I'm I'm in it. I'm at an interesting. I wouldn't call it a crossroad yet, but certainly an interesting place where I'm asking those questions of like, you know, how much, how much do you keep? You know, like how long do you keep getting up at? 3 a.m. to train and to to be doing these big Ks and, and when's enough enough and mm. um, you know I think I think while you're still enjoying it I think it's fine but um, you know whether that's sustainable or not long term is uh, is open for debate but um, yeah I just find that interesting with age and coming into into 40s I, I I agree I think I think 40 to 50 I said all along was going to be sort of my my best years and certainly endurance wise historically uh it it seems to be that 35 to 45 is sort of mm. optimal as far as um endurance sports goes but i mean time will be the indicator of that and um and the journey continues i guess yeah it's just enjoying it, each opportunity and, and you know as well as i do that time in the morning mm. between 3 and 6 a.m like it's called the ambrosial hours like if you go back in through humanology and and the yogic traditions of that, that's the prime time to turn. Is that a dog I can hear in the background? Hey, yeah. Hey, shut up. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, so those ambrosial hours are, are pivotal because that's when you can be really connected with your inner peace. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no uh, agitation. You know, your, your mind is most subtle in, in, in those hours, you know, Um and you'll find if you're you're in bed, you just, just notice if you do wake up at that at that time, you're not thinking. You're sort of in this nice sort of lucid state. And um, I just think if, if people can actually experience that and just experience um, the rhythm of the, of themselves at that time in the morning and just the peace in the world, you start to see yourself and you start to see the the whole world completely differently. Oh, mate, I don't I don't particularly enjoy setting my alarm. You know, every day for for three AM or whatever. But I tell you what, when you, as you said, when you get out and you start moving in space and time, and and the world's quiet and it's dark, and I, I don't tend to take a headlamp. I I just I run. Mm, yeah. Um. You know, your eyes adjust and 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 your mind is clear and you haven't had distractions and it's, it is it's a special time and I I do I do treasure that time each day of of no distraction and and just getting out and moving, you know. Mm, oh, mate, I've done it where I haven't known what my feet are hitting, you know. It's been, yeah, been yeah. that dark. And did you, it's that, that that in itself is keeping you present and in the moment. And, uh, you know, that's that's amazing to be able to experience that. But uh, usually the moon will guide you. But um, some yeah, days it doesn't yeah. actually help, does it? It's as dark, yeah. as dark as anything. 
But, yeah. um, mate, I, I think that's amazing that you oh, I can talk to someone that's experienced that because there's not many that that, 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 that do. And, you know, unfortunately where I live now, I haven't got many options. I have to run on the treadmill there's no, there's no, um, there's no real, you know, no real choice with regards to that. Although Cam Munro would probably say differently, he seems to find a way. Yeah. But, um, but I, uh, I just make that excuse. But um, yeah, you know, I, I just sort of found a little bit of balance now, and uh, I just, I just realised maybe a couple of years ago I didn't need to keep chasing anymore. You know, yeah. uh, I sort of remember the moment I was on a, on a run in Agnes, and I just sort of, I just sort of hit that point where I just didn't, didn't want to keep chasing. So I. I sort of pulled up a little bit, but um, but mate, you just need to enjoy it while you can, and and who knows if you get out of the road, who knows what can happen. And um, one thing that actually really changed me years ago, right? This was it that got me on that raw path. Was there's a couple by the name of Jeanette and Alan Murray Wakeland. They ran a ultra, sorry a marathon a day around Australia for a year, uh, and. Um, they were in their 60s and they lived on a raw food diet, like bananas primarily. And I went and ran with them. Uh, so I met them where they were at like, you know, um, 5 in the morning or 5.30 in the morning or something in, in Tasmania where it was freezing. And they were just like like, like teenagers, like bright and bubbly. And, um, you know, it just, it just showed me what our potential is. And, and they're in their 70s now and they're thriving, mate. And they, they still run every day and all that too, you know. So... It just sort of goes to show if you can find that sweet spot, you know, what our potential is actually like. Yeah, for sure. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, mate, how can how can people get hold of you if they want to reach out and maybe um, you do a bit of public speaking in the workplace and that too, is that right? Yeah, I do some, uh, I do some public speaking. I do a little bit of coaching and then um, just if anybody wants to reach out and, and say g'day, like, feel free. Um Instagram is probably my main sort of social media channel. Um, it's all just Matt, Matt Grills now. So Matt with one T, G-R-I-L-L-S. Yep. Uh, um, I do have a basic website, uh, which is adventuresandactivism.com. Okay. Um, and that's sort of got my story and some um, videos and links and different things. Or or if they're in Bundy or Bagara, just uh, swing by one of the journey locations and, and come have a cuppa and say good day. I'll be there Thursday, mate. I'll be over. So uh, I might see if Beautiful. I can call past and say hello. And sounds we, good, we, mate. Can, we can compare tats. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> Cheers, bro.